Greetings, soul family. This is Big G from the Cool Ass Conversations Podcast. Introducing the Frequency Forum Podcast with your hosts, Ashwin Nicole, Rico DeJesus, Miguel Rivera, and friends. Brought to you by Akashohana, which means soul family. Thank you for tuning in as we embark on another high-frequency conversation. Welcome back for another episode of the Frequency Forum with Akash Johanna. I am Ashwa Nicole, and I'm here with Rico de Jesus and Julie McNeil. And today we are going to discuss one of the other 16 premises of highly evolved beings. Um, today's focus is going to be on number five. If you are not familiar with these ideas, you can catch them at akashohana.com and look for the page highly evolved beings, um, hi, um, premises of highly evolved beings. So the number five, I have it labeled, there is no wrong or right, but we're going to talk about that too, because I want to make sure I have the label correct. These did not, when they came to me, they did not necessarily have a title. I wanted to package each one of them into a title. But the premise itself says, an awakened species does not embrace a practice or principle in its civilization that correlates with the concepts that humans refer to as justice and punishment. Now, this is an important concept because in order to have a need for justice and punishment, you have to have people aggressing upon others. You have to have people cheating others. You have to have people committing crimes against others. You have to have people acting out of serious fear-based perspectives, um, like deep fear-based emotional states and taking actions on those against others in order to even have a need for these concepts. So when we become highly evolved, when we become fully human, we are not fully human, we are evolving to fully evolved humans. Um, it's like we're growing up as human beings, as, as humankind. We will not do these types of things. We will not transgress upon others in the ways that our societies do on a daily basis. People will not be walking around in rage and hatred and fear and the need to control. We won't produce psychopaths and sociopaths in our societies. We won't, um, we won't have people abusing others. There won't be neglect. All of these things would not exist if people are highly evolved and understanding that we're all connected and we are here to support and care for our overall experience. Um, it's, a, it's a really deep concept. And it, on its surface, it sounds kind of lofty <laughs> and yeah. like pie in the sky. But it's serious business. And it's really important to understand how this is possible and know that it is possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we talked last time last week about understanding your value. And I think at the very basis of this, uh, premise is the concept that I am good enough and that my value is not determined by in comparison to others. So when you talked a moment ago, Nicole, about, you know, this, you know, I thought about this idea of defending self, yep. you know, and making me right. I got to make you wrong. 
And so when you understand your real value is not in a comparison that we are all one, then there's no need to defend self, put people in their place. You know, I gotta let, you know, I gotta let someone have it because they stepped over the line. It's just the way, it's the energy that you bring to the discussion yes. where it's a, you know, this is right, this is wrong kind of concept. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the premise of understanding your value and really understanding that we are good enough. And I think this, a lot of our religions, I think, okay, everything's all good. <laughs> so it's so hard to have this conversation because you can get well, into a judgment thing. And I'm not, all of our, all of our religions are, have some value and connect in some way, yep. but many of them do teach us that we are yeah. born as sinner, right? So there is- You're born uh, not good enough. To not good with. enough, right? So then yep. there is that concept that's woven through, you know, just how we see life. Absolutely. And we can get into this defensive, putting others down in different, you know, uh, concept. Yeah, because the minute you say you're not good enough or that you're broken or lacking in some way, then you have to enter the conversation of, well, how do we fix it? Well, what do you need to do? What are the requirements? How will you be judged? Who's doing the judging? Yeah. Who's going to dole out the punishment? What is the punishment going to entail? Are there levels to it? I mean, it get, you have to then construct this whole world of conditions yeah. and requirements and governance that is all based in fear make no mistake in that because it's all about in, inspiring you or insisting that you don't do those things out of fear. I will never forget this. Let me just tell this quick story. Mm -hmm. This was years ago. I'm working out at a gym and this, this guy, you know, we would like chat a little bit every time I would go in and after a while he asked for my number and I was like, okay, you can call me, but I'm thinking, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Right. <laughs> So I'll never forget. I was driving down the street one one evening and he called and he said and the first thing he said, and I deeply appreciate this. I love dealing mm -hmm. with mature people, right? I love I appreciated this so much. He said, Okay, I have to first ask you. He said, You sound really cool to talk to you, but I have to first ask you, are you um do you go to church or are you one of those universe people? <laughs> <laughs> he said it and I and I laughed so hard I was like oh my god let's first of all that's a great question no one's ever asked me that thank you so much for asking because that is something that's important yeah. and I said I'm definitely one of I'm a universe person and then what he said next was so profound and mm -hmm. honest mm -hmm. like I always say people always bring me their honesty it's kind of crazy sometimes but he said um he said, yeah, well, I'm, I'm at the age where I can't afford to not go to church. I'm too scared not to go to church. Yeah. Those were his yeah. words. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, wow. Like, okay, you know this. This is, was a yeah. conscious, deliberate decision to choose fear and to respond out of that. Because he was yeah. more afraid of making a bad choice and the, the leading consequences that could result in him making another choice. And I was like, wow, mm. 
you know, yeah. but people do it every day. They do it all the time. People yeah. choose fear. I want to choose my safety and security. I want to mm-hmm. choose the control that yeah. I have. I want to choose to maintain my position or my status. These are the types of things that we tell ourselves yeah. to continue to go into agreement with fear-based constructs. And when the world is full of fear, it looks like what you're hearing on the news every day. It looks like what your social media news feed is or, or feed is full of. It looks like all those notifications you get for news alerts and breaking news. We have breaking news every hour these days yeah. because there is always something to fear. And there is always someone doing some deplorable thing because they are deep, yeah. deeply invested in fear. Yeah. And the reality is everything's happening. A lot of good stuff's happening too. It's all about focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, I have someone very close to me. Actually, that's one of his fears for me. That's his only fear for me. Even though he knows, <laughs> right. even though he knows that I live, I try my best, and we're I try my best to live these teachings, mm-hmm. which means I I challenge myself to be at my best. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, make good decisions, be good to myself, be good to others, and all of these things. And even though he knows me very well because of his faith, mm-hmm. he, his fear is that I won't be accepted into the kingdom of, of, of heaven. And so there, wow. there we have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, I, and, that's, and I'll say this, and I know this kind of conversation isn't really about relationships, but that's the interesting thing um, about, I feel like what I love about uh, these concepts and these understanding the uh, mechanism of, of uh, reality and how everything works is that it broadens us to this place of uh, outside of the box, which to me is so empowering and so, so much freedom um, and, and just to kind of understand the mechanisms. And so I, I feel like oftentimes others can fit in our box Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. we don't fit in theirs. And exactly. So, yeah, because it's of like a one to many. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's the beauty of under of the a metaphysical path. Now, <clears throat> this is getting really tricky these days because there's so much what I call double talk happening. Where mm-hmm. I had a conversation in the last week with someone who was not, who was against getting the vaccine. Okay. Okay. And so. Because they're maintaining that position, they're saying the very same words we're saying as to why we chose to get it. And they're using that in the opposite direction, which is fascinating to me. And I told him, I said, and he was like, well, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? And I said, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to have a conversation about what people should do. I've already made my choice. I took action on where my beliefs are. And then, and my choice doesn't even matter to you because you're making a different choice anyway. So here's what I can offer. You have a right to your beliefs. You have a right to understand. You have a right to create what argument you want for it and live the consequences of that. That is absolutely on you. However, it's utterly fascinating to me that I feel like I'm looking through a glass wall at people standing on the other side and they're mirroring what I'm saying as to why I would choose to do it. And they're using that exact same argument to not do it. And I don't understand how you can't see the dissonance in that it, but 
it doesn't matter what I understand. It only matters what you think you understand. And I feel like this is a very dangerous time we're in because we have people who are openly pushing fear as something that it is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And, but we've been doing that for a long time anyway. And especially in America, we have 400 years of calling things what they're not. We've been saying we're, we're an inclusive and just society and we've never been inclusive or just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's a fascinating tipping point. I just can't wait for it to tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know, yeah. yeah. So I don't want to get into the intricacies of that because I think we could probably talk about five hours on that stuff alone. But yeah. so true. We could bi- talk about the five hours on the on the vaccine, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm good. I'm like, because I, you know, I wanted to say so badly to this person and I didn't because I didn't want them to feel like I was antagonizing them. But I'm like, you don't know what's in that air you're breathing, but you're taking your next breath. <laughs> you know, or the like, food you're eating, right. or that's right. Yeah. Like you don't know what anything. What's in a hot is. dog, right? Yep. What's in your shampoo? What's in your soap? What's I mean, come on. If there, do you really want to go down that rabbit but, hole? But this is a good. This is a good discussion because, um, and I want to hear what um, what Rico has to say too. Because, yes. but I, the good discussion is that you what you believe in is true for you. Absolutely. And this is what this is the big. Thing that I think is missing. Uh, most people don't really uh, understand that that even exists, you know, that mm-hmm. that's a real thing. And so if you believe, and this was a hard decision for me because, and I, and, uh, because I initially was thinking, now nah, I'm going to wait and hold off on the back. This is early on before it was released, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold off and wait and see. Cause I wasn't, the way to see for me was how do I feel? Do yeah, I feel aligned? Exactly. Do I feel on a, because if I feel aligned to it, it's a yes. If I don't feel aligned to it, it's a no. But it's it's got gotta go with my alignment because the alignment is what is my truth. And that is that's where I have success. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Just like I don't do flu shots. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to kind of measure. Yeah, I don't do flu shots either. Right. I've Neither never do done I. a flu shot, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. And the one and I only had a flu kind of bad for a few days one time and it was interestingly it was I went to see uh this is some kind of variant of the flu shot more more recently like before mm-hmm. COVID and everybody was talking about it and I happened to go and have a physical mm-hmm. with my doctor and he kept pushing it and pushing yep. it and pushing mm-hmm. it yep. and, mm-hmm. and I said I got no it one time. I, yeah, right yep. like, three days later I had the flu because oh <laughs> I didn't get the flu I got the I shot got and then I didn't feel well but listen I did yeah. get it and got the flu because because I he shifted his the experience I had with him with the look on his face and everything I mean it, it opened me up but that was all me yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And, right. and I had the opposite <laughs> experience where I went for a checkup and my doctor was insisting on getting this flu shot. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling him, I'm like, I don't get the flu. I haven't had the flu in over 20 uh-huh. years. I'm not Same here. Like, I've known him almost as long at, at this point. And so I told him, um, and, but he kept insisting. And I'm like, okay, I don't want my fear <clears throat> to get in the way here. So let me just get the darn flu shot and shut him up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and I, I stood my ground, but then my fear yeah. got me. Right. And then I right. got it. Right. And I got the shot and I didn't feel so hot. And I was like, uh, I, well, I haven't had one shot. since. I haven't one since. 
the last time I got that pressure about the flu shot, I just said something totally ridiculous to the pharmacist and then just walked out. I, you know, <laughs> she, <laughs> but I knew she was looking at me like I was crazy because I, I was like, no, I don't believe that because all of you all getting this shot, you're all going to end up as zombies and no thank you. <laughs> but see, there's people actually believing that stuff right now. That's what's so scary about yeah. the time we're in, okay? Right, right. Yeah. So it's, it's a funny thing because I'm like, I used to think the conspiracy theory stuff was a phase that mm-hmm. I thought everyone went through in the mid-2000s. I know I went through it in the mid-2000s, but mm-hmm. once I was done, I was like, okay, now I just want some truth. Where's the, where are the facts? Mm-hmm. And I've been on that page ever since. So, But I, it, I also got to a point where it was clearly not based in love. Like, this is d- just lots of fear-mongering, and I can no longer participate in that stuff. So the idea... And let's go back to premise number five, which says, again, an awakened species does not embrace a principle in its civilization that correlates with the concepts that humans refer to as justice and punishment. The reason is, you know, there is, first of all, there's enough. If we made sure most people had the basics of life that they their thriving would be guaranteed. You have food, you have housing, you have clothing, you have education, you have access to resources. You would not have a need to infringe upon the rights of others or the survival or thriving of others. You would not have a need to create the imbalance that we have. The only reason crime exists is because people can't live equally. Yeah. And so they must do what they can to try and fill that gap. Yeah. And so these are things that are consequences of how we live. And they are literally required by the system we live in because the system says somebody has to have and someone else has to be exploited in order for these others to have. And that is something that simply is not present or even conceived of in highly evolved social structures. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, and I think, I think we also don't remember or don't realize everybody doesn't want the same thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is, there is enough. There is enough. Yep. I mean, some of us might want to live in, in major cities and high rise buildings and some people want to live in the forest. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Or some people want to live in the water, some people uh, on the water. In a tree house, yeah. Right. right in a tree house. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we, we have this idea that everybody wants the same. There is more than enough. This is a really big place we live in, yeah. the world, you know. It really so is. That's, that, that's that one piece. I, I think a lot of it is pushed to keep the fear going. Because if there's fear, there's division, and we don't move into that evolved state. Mm-hmm. Well, but fear is also a commodity, so if I if if I keep you in fear, I can sell you insurance. Yeah, I can sell yeah. you security. I mm. can sell you investments. I can sell you all kinds of things based on your fear. I can sell you guns. Mm-hmm. I can sell you all kinds of things because they support your fear. Fear is a very valuable commodity in capitalist societies. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And going back to religion, when when I was growing up in our religion we were taught that every other religion is wrong and it's only our religion that is right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. 
it was the thing our... about religion. Yeah, yeah right. But what's even <laughs> funny a... is that it would be even our denomination. Forget mm-hmm. about the other ones that are still yep. in the same wavelength. They were Valid. still wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that fear was again to to have a bigger church to to have the people come here and not go across the street. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah keep your investment. Yeah, I remember, I, I won't say the religion, but I remember talking to a friend, because I, I can't quite remember, I, uh, some, yeah. Anyway, I was talking to a friend and she was saying that she was shunned from her family mm-hmm. because she doesn't go to church, go to the, and so they are not in their religion, they're not allowed to interact with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow, that's deep. You know, yeah. and there's lots of, uh, yeah, and yeah. fear-based rationales it's really deep we've constructed powerful systems on these ideas right Mm -hmm. um but highly evolved beings don't do that go ahead i just wanted to add when i was being taught that way my spirit screamed at me very Mm -hmm. clearly this Mm -hmm. is not right yep Mm. it doesn't feel right it's not normal or natural yes yeah interesting Mm -hmm. so you had um insight and this mm-hmm. is this is I think what this is what I think is at the basis of a, a lot of things is that we don't trust our ability to to receive. Do you know what I mean? Guidance. Mm-hmm. This um, when I started to actively consciously understand the concept of listening to my inner being and and knowing and feeling what is right for me. If this is a yes, if this is a no. There's something so satisfying about being able to to go there because now you don't have to wait for others to tell you what is the appropriate behavior or what is the thing you're supposed to do. You go, you know, this whole concept of going within is so satisfying um, and learning to trust it, you know, is, mm-hmm. is it's challenging because there's all this group think that we have about wrong and right mm-hmm. when you could just feel are you going to be for the for the. Fear is, is, is all the negative emotions. Or are you going to be toward the positive emotions? And I can tell you that the positive love, happiness, freedom, that feels so good. And once mm-hmm. you realize that on a conscious level, why would you choose anything else? And I, I just right. think that most people are afraid that if, I, if, if you don't tell me what's wrong and right, and I got I to focus on that, um, I'm, that we're going to run amok. And yeah. I'm saying, and what the- yeah, go ahead. What they're also asking for, what it sounds like to me when I hear people speak that way, is that mm-hmm. they're asking to be led. Make a decision for me. Tell yeah. me what to do. Yep. Right. Because I don't trust myself to be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Or worse, they're saying it, my, what I feel like doesn't matter because I want to make sure I'm doing it the way I'm supposed to do it because I know there's requirement in order for me to avoid condemnation or judgment or punishment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they literally give their fear away. I mean, give their power away based in fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, the name, the name of this one, again, I wasn't sure if this was the the best name for it, but it, it certainly speaks in the direction of it. It's the beginning of it. There is no wrong or right because it's really not about wrong or right. There is love and there is fear. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference that we're talking about. So we're not saying that we don't experience things we don't prefer because typically what we're saying we don't prefer is what we're saying is wrong. 
but the finality in that wrongness that we that judgment that we have to apply and then we want to make that forever right because wrong and right are subjective things we used to do things you know if if someone were to cure someone with penicillin 200 years ago before anyone knew about penicillin it would have been considered magic they might have been burned at the stake or executed Mm -hmm. or (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you know and and then it became right and now it's like oh you got to use this you got to you know so we have to be very very careful about what we're judging as eternally wrong or eternally right and most religious try to set things up that way these things are always wrong these things are always right but circumstances are always changing change is truly the only constant right i think that the think the piece that i'd like to bring out have us flush out a little bit more is so when we're saying there is no wrong or, or um there is no wrong or right is this concept of neutrality and and looking so you got wrong um and right you got you have uh, negative and positive good or bad right mm-hmm. and so the idea is that is there it isn't that there aren't things that happen that we don't prefer like mm-hmm. I, can, I, I know that someone might be listening and thinking, what do you mean? You mean it's not, is it, it's okay to kill people? Exactly. And that's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is that there is, there is preferred and not preferred. There is light and there's darkness, mm-hmm. but all of it is necessary um, in order to understand. Um, how do I put this? And you guys help me out here. I have an idea. So, okay. well, look at premises number 10. Premises number 10 is we always honor life. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. not that I want to jump to a different premises, mm-hmm. but they're all connected, though. They're yeah. all connected, mm-hmm. right? So, in that one, it talks about how, you know, we're not going to kill people. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let me read it. An awakened species okay. would never, under any circumstances, terminate the current physical expression of another sentient being unless asked directly by that other being to do so. Humans in an unwakened state often kill other humans without the other human requesting them to. Exactly. Because in order to aggress upon someone to that extent, you have to be in such a deep, desperate state of fear, anger, hatred, revenge. I mean, there's so many states, you know, how much, how how little do you have to feel of value to disrespect someone to that extent? Because that's actually what's happening when people kill people, whether it's racial or during wartime or whatever, they're saying we are, we don't love ourselves and we can't imagine anyone else being worthy of this either being worthy of the right to live either and thrive and and we take it away it's also deeply based in the illusion that death exists yeah because that's <laughs> right. the biggest cosmic joke of all mm-hmm. no one can be killed you cannot destroy energy there's never going to be a nanosecond of time where you are not existing with consciousness and awareness of self yeah. So mm-hmm. even in your death experience, you were literally waking up from a dream. So you're actually releasing these people from the dream of being in physicality, releasing them fully back into their reemergence into non-physical consciousness. Right. 
and, and, and they they're the one instant doing love. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically you send it. So every single person you kill, you sending them to heaven. I mean, if you have, if you have an idea, a belief in, in the concept of heaven, that's what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the reality is your death is really your decision. And that there's so many, exactly. there's, there's so, so many explained. layers. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Your death is your is your decision. It is even when you get hit by a car. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's on on a even spiritual a level. Yeah, right. On a spiritual mm-hmm. level, it is your decision to exit, and and we're going to close the gap one way or the other. Absolutely. Um, but the idea is that we can enjoy and have peace on earth and love this life and have a joyous experience, and we get to choose that. But okay, but let's talk about that for a minute. Because, Mm -hmm. yes, there are so many levels to this stuff. And at the end of the day, it's all just a video game simulation, literally. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So, but within that, the uh, the flip side of that is the only point to having this experience in this environment is to recognize that you don't need to do it in the first freaking place. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. is not how we want to treat one another. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. That's the main event. That this is not what we collectively prefer and it doesn't serve us. Yeah. Yeah. Collectively to do this. Go ahead. So let me water this down to an experience that I, I remember having years ago. Well, I, I came to really consciously understand that it feels good to feel good, okay? It, it just really does. does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, it really does. If you don't believe me, try it, okay? But yeah. anyway, it feels good to feel good. So I remember uh, being, I was uh, in a relationship. It might have been when I was married, but it was a long time ago. I remember being mad. You know, you have an argument with someone, and I would be mad about, you know, something. We'd be mad, so we were not getting along. And then the next, you know, little time passed. could be just a couple hours and then I've kind of, in a because I had trained myself to be in such a good feeling state, I, would ha- I was forcing myself to remember I had to be mad because <laughs> right. I didn't want to be mad. You know, I was like, right. you know what I mean? It was sort of like it was a lot of work. I'm like, what? That's a lot of work because I'm ready to just move on and, you know, and get back, click back in. And I just remember, well, wait a minute, being, being upset with somebody about something was just a lot of effort. And, mm-hmm. it, and I could feel the impact it was having on me. And it kind of like, wait a minute, I'm mad at you, but that's, that's hurting me. Right, right. You know, and this is that, that awareness that you can't, what you put out, you get back. You know what I mean? So then you, so then yeah. you, if you get it at that level and you elevate it, I mean, it's just sort of impossible to, for me to get to a point where I, I want to feel like I got to kill somebody. It'd just be so hard. I, I can't even. I can't even imagine. And, and, and it's so funny that you say that. I love that you went there because uh-huh. I cannot tell you how many times I have like stopped myself in my tracks. I don't do it as much consciously anymore, but when I was really first learning this stuff years ago, uh-huh. I can't tell you how many times I would stop myself and go, Mm-mm, I deserve, I deserve a better consequence. So I'm not about, I'm not going to do what I'm inclined to do. Like I, you know, people come and they bring you crazy and you want to respond in kind sometimes, right? Yes. And yeah. I'll stop my single car. I'm not about to mess up my karma for this. That's like, right. You're not worth me having a bad experience in, a, in two hours because I, I freaked out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, and there were a couple of times that I didn't make that choice, but mm-hmm. yeah. And <laughs> but then by you, and large, yeah, I just, I, I refuse to do it because, and people think, oh, you're just, you're soft. You're, you're too nice. And I'm like, no, I'm not nice. I'm discerning. I'm deliberate. I am yeah. conscious because yeah. I am not going to put that energy out because that's coming back to me. Cause you I can't love do yourself. It, to... it just means exactly. you love yourself. Yeah, exactly. I can't do it to you without doing it to myself. And I don't, I'm not up for that today. No, thanks. Yeah. So, so that, that's the, that's an element of what we're talking about. We're talking about, there is ultimately no wrong or right, right? It's just, it's a preference. You can make preferences. There's, there's, there's positive and there's negative. And so you're just looking at, and you can use a situation by the way, that, that is negative for positive purpose. And so for example, you could demonstrate to yourself your commitment to your love for yourself, love and appreciation and joy by not letting yourself get attached to what others are doing and just having a knee jerk response to it. Right. You know, by responding in kind. So it's it's, just, and it took us a moment to get there too. I mean, it didn't happen overnight for me, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, you know, every day is making a different choice. Yeah. And I also want to add that, like the three of us, even though we're on the same page, we're all going through different experiences and we're making different choices. And even watching each other make those choices, we, you know, we may think, oh, I, w- I would not have chosen that. But I would never say, oh, Nicole, don't, you know, that's not the right choice. Do the other one. No, she's experiencing mm-hmm. her life. You know, mm-hmm. she's choosing the best choice for her. Just like when she sees me doing stuff too, she's like, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes she'll tell me and we'll talk about it. And sometimes she'll be like, okay, he needs to fall on his ass. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll talk about it after. But it'll be good for him. It'll yes. teach you. Exactly. exactly. With, with love in her heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he becomes my, my I, and then I'm talking to his inner child. Like, or, you know, sometimes it's myself. It's like, yeah. okay, I need to let this three-year-old do this thing. And so then we'll come back and be like, are you done with that? Do you yeah. want to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we do. But the right. important thing is that, you know, people know we're not walking on rose petals. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're just yeah. experiencing life like everybody else. Yep. But yeah. you're, you're trying to make the right, the best choices for yourself. Right. But it can, it can feel a little bit like that at times. Because I was going to introduce the concept of being in the flow. So being well, in the yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's funny because when you say we're having the same experience, we are. We are. We are definitely looking at the shit show and going, "Oh, <laughs> yes, this is really what we want to do right now." Yeah, and yes. I've had my moments yeah. of, of, I've had my moments of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, I really have had my, and I remember having like maybe this. It was a little less than twenty four hours. You know, when, when, for example, when COVID first came out, like, like it was a big thing when the shutdown happened last year. And I went to the store and I was afraid of human beings being too close to me. And I was like, okay, I can't live like this. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, but finding your balance, you know, um, finding your balance, doing the things that you need to do to feel um, um, secure or it's not the word secure is not a good one. Um, balanced, um, yeah. just sort of like um, guided and just knowing of positive expectations, even though there are things that are happening that you don't want that you trust, you know, that you're, you'll be guided in the right place. So that's where I wanted to uh, introduce this being in a flow. Is... And trust that everything is working mm-hmm. out for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and let me read this. This is from Conversations with God, book four, Awaken the Species, which I love that he came out with this recently. Uh-huh. And this is where all this information is from, by the way. <clears throat> um, it says, if you're wondering how highly evolved beings can coexist without a code of conduct that regulates their behavior, it is clear that the degree to which a species is living in an awakened state is reflected by the degree to which that species self-regulates. This is about self-awareness and Mm self-regulation. The code mm -hmm. of conduct of highly evolved beings from the other dimension is elegantly simple. Do not have a thought regarding anyone. Do not say a word regarding anyone and do not do a thing regarding anyone that you would not want thought said or done regarding you. And it says actually Mm -hmm. every religion on your planet teaches some version of what you've called the golden rule. The difference between human cultures and the civilizations of highly evolved beings is that highly evolved beings actually apply the law of reciprocity in their lives rather than just giving it lip service. They actually do the work. They Mm -hmm. demonstrate this all the time. They're constantly implementing it. They don't do unto others that they would not want done to them. Yeah. You know, we love our platitudes, but we sure as heck don't like to walk that talk. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Very true. Something to say. So we have a lot of blind spots. I think that's the really real challenge. <laughs> I had a conversation the other day with uh, um, uh, I, a friend might be a little bit of a loose term because I'm just mm-hmm. getting to know this person. But um, I had asked this person about two weeks ago, just a question, you know, about his intentions, you know, and it was just a, hey, just want to know. And he went ballistic, <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> you know, mm. and, it, and, and I really, and I, I didn't mean anything like that. I, I might've mentioned this in another call. I'm not sure. But what I thought was funny was um, I, again, I, I, I said, well, you know what? I am a calming force. That's sort of a, a reminder that I have that whatever's yeah. happening when there's chaos to remember that I am a calming force. And so that sort of, that forms my response to things and people. So I remained, in the calming force, I mean, um, you know, mindset through his little thing that he was flying off the handle. Right. So then, um, and then I politely got off the phone. And so then a couple of weeks later, uh, we talked and he, we got into some kind of philosophical conversation about life and, and even a little bit touching on the world and this kind of things that we're going through with all this polarization. And he went on to tell me about how he was taught you know, to be respectful and, and, and kind and all that. And I just thought it was interesting because my only experience, I mean, I just experienced this other version that he doesn't know exists and it just flipped off. Mm. So, the, you know, so I, at the time I didn't really feel like it was, I, I didn't feel like it was my job to, to explain that to him. Plus I thought right. he'd probably flip off again. So, but right. my point is we, we often have, um, because he went into a, a long explanation of how he and his, his siblings were taught and raised to, you know, not, not judge and not, you know, and, and be kind and generous with, with people, but that's not the experience I had. So what, here's right. the thing is, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like you can call it what you want. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause I feel yeah. like that's the day we're in. People are yeah. calling things what they really aren't. And it's like, okay. exactly. There's a lot of, of blind spots going on. I think for all of us, a lack of self-awareness. <sighs> See, 
I feel like that's soft peddling it though. I don't, I would not call them blind spots. These are conscious, deliberate decisions that people are making. And based on fear. These are distortions. Yeah. Okay. Distortions. I I do agree. Absolutely. It is fear based. So, Fear-based distortions. Exactly. So let me go back to the book real quick, because um, this is so good. And this totally digs into this particular principle, number five, that there's no right or wrong. It says, there's no such thing as crime and punishment in the culture of highly evolved beings because no one commits a crime. Everyone understands that they are all one and that an offense against another entity is an offense against the self. So there is no need for what you call justice. The concept of justice is more deeply understood as what you would call right action. Mm. You know, again, Mm. it goes back to that self-awareness, that understanding of connectivity. And it's tough to talk about these premises in a vacuum because they literally are all connected. The very first one is that we are all one. Yeah. There is no disunity. There's no separation. I can't do anything to another human being that I do not do to myself. And here's here's what I love about where we're going as a species on this planet. We have got to get to systems thinking for everything because everything is a system. And indigenous cultures always understood this. They knew that they were part of the cycle of life. And that every single thing, every rock, every grain of sand, every leaf, every insect and animal, are, and including the air, was also part of that cycle. And it's a system. And you cannot create imbalance in one part of a system without catalyzing or impacting um, and, and thereby creating imbalance in other parts of the system. The whole system must remain in balance at all times for the whole system to work for the whole. Yeah. And as yeah. long as we're seeing ourselves as these little pieces <laughs> that have no, you know, we're sovereign and we're independent and we're free and we can do what we want and we can destroy and destruct. Yeah, that doesn't work because the system is getting destroyed and you know, diminished. Yeah. And it's causing pain in other parts of the system. That's right. And even you look at the system being our earth, look what we've done to our planet and that, and that cannot be repaired. Right. It can be shifted, mitigated to a degree, but uh, it cannot be completely, it cannot be completely repaired. It cannot be restored. We can, we we don't have a reset button. We can't go back to our default settings. Right. (laughs) So it really begs the question of what kind of world do we want to live in and realize that our actions, all of them collectively decide. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I always bring out is that when, when say somebody has an aggression or does something, you know, you have an option. I mean, clearly depending on the level of severity of it, it does matter how you respond, but you, you have an option. You can either punish that person back or you can teach. Mm-hmm. And the teach is by demonstrating and being, you know, this version that we're talking of highly evolved, highly evolved um, uh, people, mm-hmm. because sometimes people don't even know what that looks like. They don't, yeah. they're only, they're only doing what they're capable of. That's the best idea they have. When they do something against you, it was the best idea they had at the moment. Now, would have been, might've been a bad idea, might not have been what you wanted, but what do you want to create from this point, right? 
So you mm-hmm. can teach, and that doesn't mean you have to lie down like a rug and take it, but you can, you always look for what it is that you want to be the outcome. Do you want to help contribute to this highly evolved state of being for our planet and for our world? Or do you want to keep it going? Because we, you can look and see the polarization that we have. There is no winning there for anyone. Right. Let's right. just be honest. If you extrapolate this out into the future, uh, some, some years out into the future, we cannot sustain in this way. I mean, you can even look at it from that point. It's just not going to work. Not only that, but we've entertained so many of those scenarios. How many movies are there about post-apocalyptic life? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the imaginations are endless and often full of fact, right? <laughs> These are probable <laughs> probable realities or mm-hmm. some semblance. Um, and, there's, and, and I think the, the big whip the big uh um understanding the big conclusion that you can draw from all of those probabilities is that yeah those are not necessary and they sure as heck aren't preferred do we really want to live in mad max world no do we really i I don't (laughs) i do not want to live i like pretty stuff i don't (laughs) right i don't want to live life in the terminator no thanks you know no Like, why do we insist that these are the ways that we would prefer to go? Yeah. Not only, I mean, in addition, such a, we have such a tremendous opportunity Mm -hmm. to, to have a world where people are, have the such freedom and value and joy and and love and, you know, just, it's, it's just why, why not? Why not have that? We deserve that. Well, my choice is to be deeply invested in producing more of that. I want to increase that in the world. And that's why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. there are other ways to live. There are other things to believe. And I am really about helping people understand it does not have to be this or that. We can have it all. Everyone can have exactly what they want. They can live happily and fulfilled. We can get the best of everybody. Man, do you know how much fun and deliciousness life can produce for us? If we let people do what they were born to do, we'd have so much art and good food and fun Mm -hmm. stuff to do and amazing things to experience if we would just allow the space for people to thrive and dream and imagine. Oh, it could be so exquisite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let freedom ring. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So true. I love it. All right, yeah. I think we beat that one over the head enough today. <laughs> yeah, put something on your mind out there. Yeah, we I all just, get to play a role in this. There is always enough, and yeah. I just love the idea that we can live as highly evolved beings, and we don't have to wait. We do this right now. We are doing this as fully as we can right now. Yeah, that's you right. You can too. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, let me just add one last thing here because this is, um, I don't know if anyone has taken the time. So Akashohana is a word that means soul family. And the byline is one vibe, one tribe, one vision, one world. And the ideas behind that is, you know, one vibe is basically love. That's all we're about just sowing love in the world in every way we can and showing people what that looks like when we're all operating from love and we're speaking from love and we're being love. 
And one tribe is about finding your resonant groups, you know, because we don't all have to do that the same way. We're not all going to do it in the same time. We're not all going to do it on the same place. You know, everyone, you know, find the people that really support you and can help you practice it the way you really love to do it in the way that just makes your heart sing that harmonizes with how you live and what you're on. Um, and, and the idea of, of, you know, one vision is this is being, becoming a highly evolved planet. We want to be a highly evolved society. We want to get there as quickly as we can. We understand all the amazing benefits. We're, pretty much exhausted uh, looking at all the ways that we can exploit fear on this planet. And it's, be, it, I think everyone is starting to feel the exacerbation of that, especially coming out of 2020. We're still in the middle of this pandemic. We'd like mm-hmm. to exit it already. So we could collectively get our stuff together so that we can move on to the next step. That would be awesome. Yes, <laughs> you <know>? it would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and then one world is about understanding that we are, this globe is a system and we're all part of it. And we're all part of the people of earth. If other people from another star system showed up tomorrow in a big old spaceship, uh-huh. we would suddenly become the earth people and they would not care too bits if you're from you know Georgia or you're from the Philippines or you're from Australia who cares it means nothing you're that you're from earth you're you're a terrestrial earth being so that's the one world recognizing that we are the humans of earth that we're on the same boat whether we want to be or not whether we like it or not yeah. And it's time we start to act like it. We're, we're part of the same family, you know, and, uh-huh. and maybe that's a triggered word. So if you don't like family, fill it, fill that blank with something else. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> like my, my granddaughter said the other day when I asked her how much she enjoyed her new school, which is, you know, real diverse and more African. She's African-American mm-hmm. and, you know, has more African-American kids in it than any place she's ever lived or been. And she's 14 and, she looked at me confused and she said, Nana, they're just people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's so, like the only answer. <laughs> they're just people. Who cares what color they are? Exactly. So, yeah. We're just keeping it mm-hmm. interesting. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with that, one vibe, one tribe, one vision, one world, everyone. Let's get there as quickly as we can. Thank you for listening. So be it. Thank, Thank you, you all. Wow, we've reached the end of another episode of the Akasha Hana Frequency Forum podcast. Thank you for co-creating with us today. Remember, you create your reality, so create deliberately. You can follow Akasha Hana on Instagram, Facebook, and at www.akashohana.com. And also get a chance you can catch Ashu and Nicole myself and Apostle on the Cool Ass Conversations podcast stay cool soul family